Praise the Lord. We're glad that you are here tonight. Are you glad to be here? How many of you are happy that Jesus is alive? Well, so am I. I am thrilled that we serve a risen Savior. I know Sunday is Easter, but this will be a little prelim maybe to Easter service. Um, many of you may remember, or if you're, not, if you're not as old as I am, as young as I am, you may not remember. How many of you have ever heard of Bill Gaither? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm in the right crowd then. <laughs> the oldies, the old homecoming CDs and videos that he does. Well, years ago, he wrote a song, Because He Lives. Anybody know that song? Hallelujah. Well, I was trying to sing it to pastor this afternoon, and he's like, uh, just tell him the words. So, <laughs> which is a really good idea. But anyway, I'll just tell you the words through the first verse and then the chorus because the title of our message tonight is Because He Lives. All right? This is the words through the first uh, verse. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that the tomb is empty? Jesus is not there. All the other religions of the world, all the other people that follow Muhammad or Buddha or whoever, they can go to their grave sites and their bones are in that grave. But the tomb of Jesus is empty. Hallelujah. He's not there. Hallelujah. Now then, I really love the chorus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know who holds my future. And life is worth the living. Just because he lives. Amen and good night. Enough said. I mean, seriously, if we just had that revelation that because Jesus lives, all fear is gone. Because Jesus lives, our future is bright. It's a settled issue. Jesus died. Jesus rose And Jesus is alive forevermore. Because he lives, we have no fear. No fear of the past. You know, people are bound by fear from the past. They are all bound up because what happened to them in the past. And they're afraid that their merits today are based on something that they did yesterday. Fear of the past. And then there are people that are bound by fear of the present. Oh, I can't do anything because I, you know, I'm so bound and I'm so afraid I'm going to be a failure. And then people are bound by fear of the future. Oh, what does the future hold? The world is so messed up. This and that. I know that we're all going to die. I know that this world is going to fail. I know I'm going to lose my job, blah, blah, blah. But because he lives... I can face the future because he lives. All fear is gone. Jesus 
conquered death, hell, and the grave. The grave couldn't hold him down. The last enemy that's going to be put to death under our feet is death. But death is not anything compared to Jesus. Death doesn't have anything on the believer. Death is separation. When people die physically, their spirit is separated from their physical body. And it's a real thing. But for a Christian, did you know that we'll never taste spiritual death? We're never going to be separated from the love of God. We're never going to be separated from the peace of God. For a believer, we're never going to be separated from his presence. If Jesus tarries, which I don't believe he's going to, but if Jesus tarries and we go home to be with the Lord in a ripe old age, all that's going to happen is we're going to just step out of this mortal body and we're going to stay into the presence of the Lord. Death is not an enemy for the Christian. Death is nothing for us to fear. Think about that. If your body was to drop dead, you just step out and you'd look back and say, well, that's over. I'm going on home to heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus took the fear and the sting out of death. Should Jesus tarry? Of course we may physically die. But I don't believe Jesus is going to tarry. I love this verse of scripture. As for me, I believe I'm going to see this verse become a reality. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. 1 Corinthians 15, verse... Actually, 51. We'll begin in 51. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery... We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. I believe that's us. It's saying we're not all going to go to heaven by way of the grave. We're not all going to fall asleep in Jesus, but we're all going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be change. This is talking about the rapture. It's for us who are alive. We're going to hear that trumpet sound. And when that trumpet sounds, our feet are not going to stay on the ground. We're going to go up. We're going to rise up to ever be with the Lord. We're going to meet him in the air. What a glorious day, a wonderful day. And at a moment's time, we're going to be changed. It says here, our Corruptible will put on incorruption. Our mortality will put on more immortality. We're going to get our glorified bodies. Hallelujah. We're going to get our glorified bodies that our hair doesn't get gray. We don't get crow's feet and wrinkles on our face. We don't get fat. Hallelujah. Woo. We're going to have that glorified body. We're going to have that perfect body. And then, oh, what a day. What a day that's going to be. Mm-mm-mm. We're all going to be changed. And you know what? It's not just us that are going to be changed. Those that have died asleep in the Lord. Those that perhaps are, are in a grave or, or their, their ashes might be on your mantle. Grandma's ashes might be sitting on your mantle right now. It don't matter. 
<laughs> Uncle Leonard. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? I've often thought about it. Actually, you know, if I knew when Jesus was coming, I think that I would fly to Pawnee, Oklahoma, and I'd like to just be sitting there between my parents' grave. And when that trumpet sounds, see their resurrected bodies come up out of the grave. No, they're not in the ground. No, they're not in a little urn somewhere, however they died. No, but at that moment, they're in heaven right now. But when that trumpet sounds, they're going to come back to this earth and they're going to pick up their glorified body. Woo, hallelujah. I'd like to see that, wouldn't you? Woo, glory to God. And you know, on that day, Ha ha. Hollywood won't have anything on that. Talk about special effects. Talk about the living dead. Woohoo! <laughs> Think about it. All these special effects. Boy, what God's got in store for this earth. What God's got in store for the rapture, for the second coming of Jesus. Woohoo! Just hold on to your hat. It's going to be great. Now let's keep on reading here. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption. And this mortal has put on on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death. Where is your sting? The King James says, oh, grave, where is your victory? Oh, that just thrills me. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Our risen Lord Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he went in the tomb. And then for three days, he went into the regions of the dam and he took from Satan himself the keys of death, hell, and the grave and he resurrected up and he took the sting out of death. That's why this verse says, oh death, where is your victory? Oh grave, where is your sting? It's gone, hallelujah, because Jesus conquered Satan. One of Satan's greatest weapons is fear. Our God is the author of faith, but Satan is the author of fear. Fear will rob you of your faith. If you're in fear, you can't trust God. Because you'll look at the word and you'll want to believe by his stripes I'm healed. And then that fear will pierce your heart and say, yeah, but you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Grandma had that. She died. Fear and faith are opposites. I heard someone say this this week and I loved it. Without faith, we can't receive from God. Without fear... You won't receive from Satan. Did you get that? Without faith, we can't receive from God. Without fear, you won't receive from Satan. That is his biggest tactic to get people in fear. A fear that they're going to fail. A fear they're going to lose their job. Afraid their kids are going to go to hell. Afraid of this. And afraid of that. 
You know that most things that people fear never come to pass. Joyce Meyer said this about fear, an acrostic. Fear, false evidence appearing real. If you don't have that written down, you ought to write it down. Fear, F, false, E, evidence, A, appearing, R, real. It's false evidence. But you know the enemy, he is a master at binding people with fear. There are new crazy phobias every single day. I couldn't believe it. I googled the word phobias. And there were so many, I mean, page after page after page. There's a phobia for every letter of the alphabet. I mean, like A had two pages, really long names. I'm talking about hundreds with really long names. But I thought I would just highlight a few. Just, And I'm not going to use their long names because I couldn't even say them. But beside the long name, it said what it was. There's fear of the dark. There's fear of the light. There's fear of noise. There's fear of quiet. There's fear of cats. There's fear of dogs. There's fear of frogs. There's fear of insects. There's fear of chickens. Chickens? Seriously. There's fear of heights. There's fear of deaths. There's fear of flying. There's fear of walking. There's fear of sitting. There's fear of crossing the street. And this one was interesting. There's a fear of looking up. There's a fear of dust. There's a fear of wind. There's a fear of snow. There's a fear of flowers. Now that one makes sense. I've seen so many vicious daisies, haven't you? There's a fear of meat. There's a fear of vegetables. There's a fear of cooking. Now, you know, that might be a good one to try. Sorry, honey, I have a phobia. I can't cook. No. (laughs) Try that one. This one was interesting. Ingrid, you'd like this one. There's a fear of numbers. Good excuse not to balance the checkbook. (laughs) There's a fear of smells. There's a fear of shadows. This was interesting. There's a fear of belly buttons. There's a fear of bald people. There's a fear of mirrors. Now, that one might be legitimate. You don't want to. Now, this one was just too good. I'm going to read to you the medical phobia word for this one and see if you can guess what it is. There is a. Let's see. Papa. Papa phobia. What do you think that is? A papa phobia. P-U-P-A phobia. Puppets. <laughs> it has a medical term. Papaphobia. A real fear with a real name. Afraid of puppets. I'm telling you that Kermit the Frog is threatening. Now, I'm not minimizing issues and fears that folks deal with, but I just read a few just so we can realize the devil is stupid and he's crazy and he'll try any little thing to get people bound. Puppophobia, seriously, afraid of puppets? Most fears are rooted 
in death. For instance, fear of flying. Can't fly. The plane's going to crash. I'm going to die. Fear of dark. The boogeyman's out there. He's going to get me. Fear of heights. I'm going to climb to the top of that ladder and fall to my death. Fear of cats. I guess they're going to scratch my eyes out. Fear of dogs. He's going to bite me and I'm going to die of rabies. Fear of flowers. That giant sunflower is going to eat me. All rooted in the fear of death. Fear paralyzes and it binds people. Fear brings torment. But Jesus delivered us from all fear. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is where? All fear is where? Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. Fear is under the curse. Fear is from the pit of hell. But Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Jesus conquered anything that the enemy tries to bring our way. Jesus destroyed the power of fear to rule and to reign in our lives. But it's like anything else that Jesus has done for us. We have to take what he has done and we have to look the devil in the face and say, I will not fear. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures that will arm you with the ability to do that. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. (laughs) Part tongues, part English. (laughs) <laughs> Pastor says, I have the fear of linguistics. No, I don't. Can you say? Did you say linguisa? That could be one. Who knows? I didn't get to the L's, but it could be in there. <laughs> Those were just, mo- that was just, seriously, that was like A through F. Can you imagine? There's so many more. So many more. Hebrews two fourteen. Inasmuch then as the children were partakers of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Then keep on reading here. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Not only does fear bring torment, but fear brings bondage. Binds people up. There's people that will not leave their house today because they are in such bondage of every kind of phobia imaginable. And my heart goes out to them. And I understand that people in the world are bound by so many things. But for you that are a believer We shouldn't have bondage in our life. This is what Jesus did for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. And I want to look at this one in the amplified version. Hallelujah. Everybody say I'm free. I'm free free from fear. fear. No fear here. here. 
Well, the first three rows believe it. How about back there? Everybody say it again. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from fear. Amen. Romans 8, 15 in the Amplified. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in what? Bondage to what? See, that's one of the, the devil. He loves to come back once you've been set free. Over in Galatians, it says, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. There's people in here that when you got born again, when you found out who you were in Christ Jesus, there were fears that had bound you and they were broken off of your life. Don't let him come back and entangle you again with that yoke of bondage. Let's keep reading. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. Whatever type of bondage a person is involved in, fear is at the root of that. And bondage has come in all sor- sorts of shapes, sizes, and forms. Some people are in bondage to cigarettes. Some people are in bondage to drugs. Some people are in bondage to food. Whatever it may be. Some people are in bondage or just bound by this fear of rejection. That's a yoke. That's a bondage. That's an entanglement that wraps itself around people's minds. There are people that are just totally bound in insecurity. They can't even carry on a conversation because they're trying to talk to somebody. And the whole time these thoughts are just coming. You're going to say the wrong thing. You don't measure up. Who are you? You're unworthy. That root of that thing is fear. And Jesus came to set us free. We don't have to be in bondage to that. People, they, they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm bound by cigarettes, but I can't quit smoking because I'm afraid I'll gain weight. You ever heard that? Fear. Faith feeds freedom and it brings freedom, but fear brings bondage. But thank God, we who know the truth are set free. This is what we have. For Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Look at this again in the Amplified. Gave you a few little things that were humorous. Now I'm just going to pound you with the word of God. <laughs> How about getting chucked full with the word tonight? Armed with the word of God. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And because his word is true, and I know that I am what he said I am, I can do what he said I can do. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm going to rule and reign in this life. Fear's not going to rule and reign over me. I'm the one that's been raised up and made to sit together with him in heaven. 
heavenly places. He has made me a king and a priest. He has given me authority. He has given me the authority to use his name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And fear is a name. At the name of Jesus, every name will bow. If fear tries to rise up in your life, just begin to say no. In the name of Jesus, you're not putting that bondage on me. The name of Jesus is greater than you. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven in the amplified for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness, of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us, well, this is what he's given us, a spirit of power and of love. And I like this in the Amplified. In King James, it says a sound mind, but I like this. And of a calm, well-balanced and disciplined and self-control. You ever feel yourself getting anxious, worried, worked up? Say no. That's a form of fear, being anxious and being worried. The root of that is in fear. But just if you have to, put your hands on your own head and say, no, peace be still. God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a calm, calm, well-balanced, full of peace mind. Amen. Fear gets a stronghold. In people's lives. And sometimes there's many reasons why. But one reason that fear gets a stronghold in believers' lives is they're not secure in the Father's love for them. If you don't believe that God loves you, if you don't believe that Jesus has accepted you unconditionally, you're always going to be afraid of not measuring up. You're going to be afraid of, of displeasing him. You're going to be afraid that, oh, I didn't work enough for him. I didn't pray enough today. I didn't read my Bible enough. And you know what that is? That is fear. But when we're secure in his love, this is what happens. First John 4.18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Look at that first line. There is no fear in love. Perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. Now, this is on a way lower level than our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I can say this, Pastor Mark and I have been married going on 36 years. And I can truly say there is no fear in my love for him and his love for me. I don't get up every day afraid that I'm not going to please him. I don't get up every day afraid that I'm going to do something wrong and he's going to reject me. That shouldn't be even in our relationships with our family, with our friends. We shouldn't, it shouldn't be on this works basis. No fear 
in love. If it needs, if it's intended to be that way in our godly relationships, how much more with our relationship with our heavenly father who loves us unconditionally, unconditional love. Jesus dying on that cross with his hands outstretched symbolized. I'm giving you my life. I love you with every drop of my blood that's being shed. No greater love has anyone than this, than that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus showed us the ultimate love. He laid down his life. He willingly and freely died for us. No reason for you to be afraid that you don't measure up or he doesn't love you. Perfect love cast out fear. Another reason that fear gets a stronghold in the lives of of believers, not being confident that his promises are true. We mentioned it earlier. But let's say you believe in God for something and you healing. You find scriptures that cover your case with his stripes. I'm healed. Jesus bore my sin and his sickness on his body. And you're taking that verse. And then all of a sudden these thoughts bombard your mind. Yeah, but ooh, that's a really sharp pain back there. And oh, have you looked in the mirror lately? Or whoa. What makes you think you're worthy to be healed? You talked ugly to your husband today. You did this or you didn't do that. You didn't pray yesterday. All of a sudden, that confidence that God's promises are true is shaken. You know his word is true, but it's shaken. Is it true in my life? Will it work for me? All goes back to fear-based relationship. That's not what we're to have with him. He don't want us to have a relationship of fear. We're in a love relationship here. I love him and he loves me. And there's no fear in this love. A third reason that people, Christians get strongholds of fear in their life is they're not trusting him with their future. Okay, Jesus, I made you my Lord and Savior. I know I'm going to heaven, but really, I got so many things going on in my life. How in the world am I going to have a good life down here? Pastor read this, I believe it was this morning, that he's got good paths that he has prepared for us. But a lot of people don't believe that. They believe that God's been playing. I love you and I love you not in heaven. You know, when you maybe were a kid, I don't know about you, but little girls on the playground, we weren't afraid of flowers. We took flowers. (laughs) And we did the little petal thing about the little kid, you know, the little boy that might have a crush on. And we do the little pick out a petal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He really bummed if it ended up on he loves me not. Let's get another flower. You know, we make our own ending. Happy ending. But God's not playing that. He's not in heaven saying, I love Nancy so much. Hmm. But there's Jane. Yeah, there's something about Jane that just ticks me off. It's his fault. 
I love you. I love you not. No. Unconditional love for all of us. Hallelujah. And when we know that he loves us that much, we know he's got good plans in store for us. I got distracted on the he loves me, loves me not flower thing. That's where we were going with that. (laughs) You can trust him with your future. Because he doesn't have good plans for one person and bad plans for another one. Oh, I'm going to give them a blessed life and I don't like them. So they're going to have a real hard life. But people may not say that, but sometimes they act like they believe that. There's something about them that God, oh, God favors them. God loves them. But mm, what is it about me that ticks him off? Because I'm having a hard time down here. And they start thinking that. Listen, I like this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. The first part we could skip over. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed to listen to this part. For I know. It's a good thing to know. For I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? Fully persuaded that he is able. He is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Have you committed your life to him? Have you given him your all? Does your future belong to him? Well, then you can say, Lord, I've committed all my ways and all my days to you. And I'm trusting you and I have no fear of my future. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds it. Woo! I know who holds my future. And I know I'm in his hands. And I know he has planned good things for me. Amen? You know, the world, it is filled with lots of uncertainty. And if you didn't know the, didn't know the Lord, if you didn't know Jesus, it would be a very scary place to live. But we have the Prince of Peace. We know him. We are fully persuaded. And when we're fully persuaded, not only does it do something in our lives, but it causes us to be lights in a dark world. We know he lives. We know he holds our future. We know we got good days ahead of us. But most people driving by out there on Hesperian, most people on your job, some of your family members, they don't have that assurance. They don't know that. But we can go through this life having a calm well-balanced mind, free from fear. And when we live that way, it attracts people to us because they don't have it. Our lives are the only Bible that some people are ever going to read. What are they reading in your life? Are they reading, ugh, I don't want to be a Christian. Yuck. 
Or are they reading, wow, they got so much peace. They got so much joy. Take me to your leader. I want to have what you have. Now, I didn't say we're closing, but we're fixing to kind of wind down here tonight. So don't get excited. But don't be in fear either. We're not going to stay all night. (laughs) If you have been tempted to worry or dwell on fear, it's good. There's a great big key to overcoming fear. We've already shared a lot of scriptures, but I want to just share some scriptures with you. I think they're going to put them up on our blessed throne up here. (laughs) Blessed throne, whatever that is. Psalms 27, verse 1 through 3. And what we're going to do tonight, when they get these up here, we're going to read these together. I might comment on them, but let's read them together. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise, may rise against me. In this I am confident. Everybody's, woo! I will not fear. Why? The Lord is my light and my salvation. It's all inclusive. Salvation is all inclusive. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. He provides for all of my needs. I'm so glad that Psalms 23 doesn't say, The Lord is my shepherd. I am full of needs. No, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. All inclusive. It went on and it said here, The Lord is the strength of my life. He keeps me from the wicked one. He does not touch me nor steal from me. And then it talked about when the enemies come against me, they stumble and fail. I will not fear loss. There are people that are so afraid of losing everything they have or being robbed or having something stolen from them. You don't have to fear that. If enemies do try to rise up against you, take this scripture and say, they're going to stumble and they're going to fall. Hallelujah. You ready for another one? Psalms 46 verse 1 and 2. Anybody enjoying the word? Oh, the word's feeding our hearts. Hallelujah. You know what's happening in this place? Fear is leaving and faith is rising. Let faith arise. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Fear is an enemy of God. But this is what God is to us. Do I have the right one here? God. Hmm. Yeah, we'll just start with that part. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in 
trouble. Then the next verse, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, guess what? I will not fear. This is a good one for us living in California, even though the earth might be shaken. The mountains might be removed. There's people prophesying that we're going to slide into the ocean. No, we're not. Not as long as I'm here. But even though the mountains might shake and the earth might quake, I'm not going to be moved. Hallelujah. I'm not fearing earthquakes. I'm not fearing hurricanes. I'm not fearing tornadoes. The Lord is my refuge. I will not fear. The Lord is my stability in unstable times. How about one more here? Isaiah 41.10. I want to look at this one in the Amplified. Hallelujah. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Anybody going to get happy about that? God's with us. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with, with what? With my defeated hand? No. With my weak hand? No. With my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Woo, this one's got a lot in there. I will not fear terror. Or terrorist attacks. I am protected. Then what about the line? He will harden you to difficulties. There might be hard times. And there have been hard times in every one of our lives. But if you will trust in the Lord and not be afraid, he will harden you to difficulties. Guess what? When hard times come, you can be harder. You can be stronger, strengthened with might in the inner man. I will not be afraid of falling or going under because what's he going to do? He's going to uphold me with his victorious right hand. Hallelujah. I have more, but that's enough. Let's lift our hands right now. Hallelujah.